When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The one constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. Welcome fans to Red Sox B on CLNSRadio.com. Another week, another issue. My name is Jess Thomas, along with Lauren Campbell. We are Jarrett Scalyless today. So we're going to do it with the two of us, and uh, we're going to Red Sox it up. Lauren, how you doing? I'm doing well, Jess. How are you? Good. Uh, we'll do our best with this show. It'll be fun. we got a fun team to talk about, as always, so I'm loving these September shows because... The team's just frankly playing well. And they're so much fun to watch these days. I love it. They really are. So this edition of Red Sox Beat is brought to you by Casper, an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the price because everyone deserves a great night's sleep. I know I got one last night. It was nice. So get $50 off any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com slash Celtics and enter promo code Celtics to get your Casper mattress. It's got the right sink and bounce, provides long-lasting comfort and support, and you can have your own free, and by free I mean for $50 off, not free, but but discounted through CLS Radio. So go out and get that, everyone, Casper mattresses. All right, let's, um, let's talk about the Red Sox, because that's what we do here, and you were not on the show last week, so we have got some stuff to go over with you. We got a lot of MLB headlines because MLB's heating up. It's September 20th, and time's a ticking as the playoffs grow near. So before I do MLB headlines, I'm going to go over my one reach question this week. I only got to one. I was camping for part of the week. I'll be better about it next week, that's for sure. But got some good responses for this question. I thought it was a good question. And it is, will Joe Kelly be part of the 2016 rotation? Obviously, this is coming off the heels of him getting hurt and going to miss the rest of the season. So the question now is, will he be back next year? And I got six responses, three yes, three no. You were one of the yeses. So why will Joe Kelly be in the rotation in 2016? Uh, he's been pitching really well, other than him getting hurt recently. But um, I think he's starting to look like, look like the Joe Kelly that we've all been waiting for, that he got paid to be this Joe Kelly that we're starting to see. And I don't think the Red Sox are going to want to get rid of him, especially if the uncertainty of Clay buckles, you don't even hear his name anymore. So I think, I don't think he's going to be our ace. Absolutely not. But I think he's going to be in that rotation. I don't see them getting rid of him. Wait, who's Clay buckles again? Who? (laughs) (laughs) I haven't heard of that guy before. That's his name, right? You're right. He kind of just fell off the face of the earth when he, when he was out for the year, everyone just stopped talking about him. So, yep. We'll see what happens with that, but um, I said no to Joe Kelly being part of the 26-year rotation. 
I'm not sure how confident I feel in that. I would like him to be part of the rotation because I do like him if he pitches well. So what I feel like is going to happen is that Dombrowski is going to find out some way to get rid of him and make the rotation better. And I feel like he might be the odd man out. And they might go with a younger guy like Eduardo Rodriguez over Kelly based on getting an injury and pitching so poorly earlier in the year. So I'm not really sure, but I feel like they're going to find some way to boot him out of town. So that's why I said no. That's a good reason to say no. Yeah, I'm not confident in it. I know. Either one, right, but it's not not a resounding no. It's a maybe. Yeah, and that's why I asked it because you know it's. I mean, it's a valid question because no one knows what the rota- rotation is going to be next year because it's so so questionable. There's so many options. You have guys like Henry Owens sitting there. Brian Johnson. Brian Johnson. Yeah, all these guys are wondering if they're going to pitch because right now it's. It's, uh, well, it was Kelly, you know, Joe, uh, Wade Miley, Rick Porcello, Henry Owens, Rich Hill now. You got a lot of options and potential of Matt Barnes and then, you know, Brian Johnson uh, trading for someone. There's a lot of options for starting pitching, so. It's going to be a really fun off season. I know. Really That's what we fun. said last off season, and then this happened. I know. Last off season was fun. We got. We, I mean, there was a lot of big signings and kind of busted signings, but this yeah. season I think is going to be fun. I'm excited for Dave Dombrowski to show us what he's got. Well, yeah. Now that we have Dombrowski at the at the helm, he's going to trade everyone away. <laughs> yep, we're gonna have no team next year. There's gonna be no one on the field. Yep, starting nine, no one. Right. So that was your reach question. Uh, I want, to, I want to thank our respondees, uh, A.J. Kershaw, who's been a great respondee. He said yes to my Joe Kelly question, and Mike Porter and Nick Gelso both said no. So, got some mixed feelings on this one. So, if you haven't responded to it, and you have the app, please go out and answer that question, because I'm curious to see different responses, because it's split even down the middle at the moment, and we'll have more questions in the future, so I want everyone to engage with your favorite podcast on CLNS Radio. We do questions all different, all different um, sports. We got Patriots, Reach questions, Celtics, Red Sox, which I run, of course. Um, so it's a new way to talk about your favorite sports team. So make sure you head over to www.reachedapp.com/clns. It's R-E-A-C-H-T-A-P-P, and download the app for iOS or Google Play. Choose your favorite group, whichever questions you want. I invite your friends, and you can all answer the questions, and you can <laughs> have us answer, uh, answer your questions on air and let you know who answered what, like I just did. So make sure you head over to www.reachedapp.com slash CLNS and sign up and get your questions, because it's fun to ask questions, and it's fun to see how people respond. I know I enjoy it, so make sure you go do that. Okay, let's do some MLB headlines. There's a lot of them. So we'll break down and dissect each little one and move on from there. The first one is Blue Jays' Troy Tulowitzki. Mouthful. Out for the remainder of the season with a shoulder injury. He collided with Kevin Pillar eight days ago. If you're listening to the show on September 20th. So September 12th for you people who don't like math. It was at Yankee Stadium, and they wanted him to be back soon, but... It looks like there's no timetable because it's cracked. 
anything is probably a bad thing, and he cracked his shoulder with Pilar. So, not sure how it's going to affect him. He has five homers and 17 RBI with Toronto in 39 games. Uh, his average is pretty low, so it will be determined how that will affect him, but don't expect him to see, back, see him back at any point this year. Uh, the St. Louis Cardinals clinched the playoff berth on Saturday, and they're the first team to do so. And the reason for that is because they have a whole lot of wins this year. They've had an unbelievable year. Currently, as of the show, they stand at 93 and 56, so they are on their way to a 100-win season. They just have to go 7 and 6 the rest of the way to get 100 wins, which probably isn't that much to ask because they won 93 games already. Seven, so, seven more. I think they can get seven out of uh, 13 games pretty well. So they finished the playoff spot. Um, they got that because the San Francisco Giants lost to the Arizona Diamondbacks. And this is the fifth season in a row that St. Louis has made the playoffs. They're a model of consistency every year. And they're back in it again this year. They'll be a heavy favorite, I'm sure, because they have so many wins. Uh, Joe Kelly shut down for the remainder of the season. He said he feels fine, but they decided to get rid of him. He had some shoulder tightness after he came out of the game on Tuesday against the Orioles. And they determined he's done for the year. Uh, the Mets have lost three out of four after a seven-game winning streak that me and Jared talked about last week. Um, so we'll be determined to see see how they do going to the playoffs. If they're going to go on a little losing skid, they're going to get it back in gear. We'll find out. Uh, if the Blue Jays win the AL East, which they're in line to right now, all five teams in the division will have a division title in the last six seasons, which is crazy for the AL East. Literally. Yeah, when you think about the teams in there. Right. You don't expect that to be the case. You get the Rays, who have been bad for most of the time. You get the Orioles, who have bad, been bad most of the time. And obviously, the Blue Jays have been bad for a while. So. Yeah, and they're first. Like, what? Yeah. Upside down. And the last headline, Haley Ramirez is still on the disabled list after his mandated 15 days. Because after all, it's called 15 ADL. <laughs> but the Red Sox aren't going to activate him until he's capable of playing first base, because that's the only place they're going to put him at. And it's probably going to be terrible there, too. So they're just not playing him. So that's your MLB Headlines, and it's brought to you by Melinda.com, our longest-standing sponsor. There's many different courses you can take. They are all taught by experts. Um, there's over 3,000 on-demand video courses. You can learn business, technology, creative skills, literally anything on the website, and you can find a video on basically anything that you can do in your life. So make sure to head over to lynda.com slash CLNS for a free 10-day trial. L-Y-N-D-A dot com slash CLNS. Get your free trial today and learn something new because we can all learn something new at all points in life. So let's talk about these headlines. Uh, Tulowitzki being out for the year, do you think it matters or do you think they're going to keep cruising? I think they're going to keep cruising. I mean, it's a it's a big loss. It's not a huge loss. They didn't lose Bautista or anyone of that caliber, but... It's still a loss, nonetheless. It's their shortstop, and it sucks. And I don't. I mean, what's concerning is the team's like, "Oh, we'll see him back in two to three weeks," and he's saying, "No, no, no. There's no timetable." And as you said, cracked anything is not good. So I don't think we'll see him in the playoffs. I'll be very surprised if we do, but I don't think the Blue Jays have anything to worry about. Yeah, I mean, he's not one of their three thirty home run hitters. They have three guys in a row in their lineup, all who have thirty home runs and hundred RBI plus. Uh, I think they'll be so. okay. <laughs> I don't think they need a little uh, dude hitting 230 with five homers in their lineup. Yeah, I think they'll, they'll be just fine. They'll probably catch up to them. They'll probably lose, and they'll be like, oh, it's because of Tulowitzki. Yep, that's, what, that's <laughs> exactly what they're going to blame it on from here on out. Yep, 
Forget all the home run hitters. It's, yep. It's, of it's, it's all his fault. Uh, the Cardinals are really good. They're not really talked about very much because they're always good, and somehow they've got 93 wins and managed to barely have a word spoken about them this season. So I don't know how much of a favor they're going to be going to the playoffs because they're always there, but how can you argue with a 93-46 and 46 record? And they've just been solid all season, and I don't see them not winning 100 games because they're seven away now, so... And they're always, like, this is the fifth year in a row they've made the playoffs. I don't understand why people aren't talking about them more. I don't know if it's their National League or because they're always in the playoffs, but they should be talked about because they're getting there without their best players that they've, they had in Albert Pujols for so long. So, I don't know. I'm glad that they're back in there. And without Tony, Tony La Russa, too, they were, had all those seasons with him, and Mike Matheny took over, and they just kept winning. Yeah, so it, I mean, it just shows that they have really good players and that they're not just... I mean, of course, Tony LaRusso was an amazing coach, but obviously he coached his players really well if they're still doing fine without him. Yeah, he set some up good for a long time there, and I think he's definitely reaping the benefits. But he's a smart baseball guy, too. He was a catcher, and catchers are seem to always be good good baseball guys. They really do. They're always so smart. Got to be smart to be a catcher. Yep. Got to have bad knees, too. Yeah, terrible knees. <laughs> they, they just sit in a seat all day and just make decisions. You know? <laughs> yep. I don't, I don't need their knees anymore. No. <laughs> Overrated knees. <laughs> uh, Joe Kelly, pretty weird situation. Very weird. I want to I talk about it more in the middle of the show, mm-hmm. but just what, what's your immediate reaction to it? Um, it's weird. Um, he only pitched. I don't. Did he? I don't think he made it out of the second inning. No, he pitched two and a third inning. Oh, so he didn't get out of the third inning, but it's like. Shoulder tightness, that shouldn't be enough to shut one person down for the entire season. Even though, the, okay, it's, the season's only two, three weeks away, the end of the season. But it doesn't, something doesn't seem right there. Yeah, and just like automatically deciding, even though it doesn't really seem like anything. They're just like, all right, we're just going to shut you down and not worry about you anymore. Seems a little weird. Yeah, definitely. I'm looking forward to talking about that. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into that more in Red Sox talk. Um, the Mets lost three out of four, but I mean I don't think there's anything to worry about because they're they got a pretty healthy lead in the the NL East. Uh, the Nationals has had a terrible year, and they've actually won three in a row, but they're still six and a half down. There's just not enough time for them to come back. No, I think I don't think there's anything to worry about either. It's they're fine. It's it's three out of four games. They just won seven in a row. They're they're fine. But for the record, I don't think they're going to do well in the playoffs because they haven't been there in a while. I think they're going to be pretty green, and I think they're going to crack under pressure. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they did because in playoff baseball, it's everything's a race. Stats don't matter. Records don't matter. It's a clean slate, and I think they're going to be like, oh, my God, what do we do? Yeah, I'm not feeling them at all. But good for them for even thinking about getting there. Oh, yeah. Step up. Definitely. <laughs> They'll figure out the results later. Just for now, they at least getting in, so that's good for them. Yeah. Um. Yeah, we'll move on from the ALE thing because we actually kind of covered that already. It's it's wild and it doesn't happen very often. It's usually the same teams over and over again. So good to have some parity. Um, Hanley's still in the DL. I mean, shocker. I mean, I said a couple of weeks ago he's never going to play again in the Sox uniform. I still don't think he's going to because there's just a handful of games left, and I don't think they're going to have enough confidence in him to go out and play first base. And there's no reason for him to come back right now. We're cruising without him, and we have Travis Shaw at first. We could put Brock Holt at first. We have 
so many options for first base that why would you even consider putting him there? Because he he was practicing playing first base as like you're teaching a child how to play first base. That's like, yeah. It's like you're you're in your thirties. You put your foot right there. You throw you this. Put your way. arm right there. <laughs> if he takes a lead, you have to do this. Like it's it's ridiculous. He's not meant for first base. He's not he's not meant for he's not a position player anymore. He's a he's a DH and we have one and we don't want him. He's not fit for baseball anymore. He's just not. He's old. How sad is that that they don't even want to play him at first base in games where you're six games under 500? Like, it's not even like you're going for a playoff. Well, according to me, you are. But it's not like you're even going for a playoff spot for the most part, and you're still not even willing to play this guy at first base. I think that's when you know that, that your team has given up on you. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. Which is probably why he's going to get traded away, uh, or at least I think he will. I hope so. I really hope so. We've had enough of you, Hanley. We have. Talk about him every show. Yeah. We don't need him. Bye, Hanley. Okay. So there's your headlines. A lot of headlines, a lot of good stuff. There'll be more as time goes on, because playoffs. Playoffs are going to give us something to talk about on this show, that's for sure. Love playoffs. <laughs> All right. I'm going to do my... Recap of the week. I mean, Jared screwed it up a little bit because we both predicted that they play well against the Orioles. That didn't happen. They got swept. Whoops. But hey, <laughs> they played well against they played well against the Blue Jays. So they, give them a little bit of credit. They always seem to play well against the Blue Jays lately. Anyway. Yeah, I mean, for the season they finished over 500 actually wow. because. On the radio before yesterday's game ended, they were eight and nine against them, and they won yesterday. and They won today, so they're ten and nine. They finished the season ten and nine against them. Wow, that's impressive for a Blue Jays lineup like that. So I wish we could just play them in the playoffs. I wish we just play them all year. Yeah, <laughs> every game. Yep. They wouldn't even make the playoffs. It'd be great. So we'll start with Monday's game. That was against the Orioles, and. The Orioles won 2 nothing, and it was the first time the Red Sox had gotten shut out in two months, which is quite remarkable wow. because it happened a lot early in the season, and then it just didn't happen. But they didn't get anything going on in this game. It was it was an ugly game. Uh, Kevin Gosman pitched for the Orioles, and he was pretty dominant. Eduardo Rodriguez pitched for the Red Sox, and he was really good too, but a couple of, couple of hits... Uh, Andrew Jones reached on a Josh Rutledge error in the first. That gave him their first run, and Andrew Jones actually... Why am I saying Andrew Jones? Adam Jones, sorry. His brother. Not that one. <laughs> Andrew Jones is really good, too. But Adam Jones is the man at the moment for the Orioles. So Adam Jones was responsible for both runs. He was 1-for-4 with two RBI. The Red Sox got a whole lot of nothing. They had just three hits the entire game. Oof. Brock Holt with a pinch hit hit. And Bogarts had one, Sandoval had the other, and that was it. Nobody else could get any hits off Gosman. He pitched six innings, two hits, no runs, four walks, seven Ks. So the Red Sox did have base runners, but you couldn't drive anybody in. And it resulted in a 2 nothing Orioles win. A little bummer to start the week because the Sox have been playing well. They had won their last two games against the Rays. They came out and threw up a stinker there. And it turned out to be too bad because on Tuesday, it was a real fun game. Um, went all the way to 13 innings. It was the Sox' second 13 inning game in two day, uh, three days, because they beat the Rays two to nothing in 13 on Sunday. 
So it was their second 13-inning game, and Baltimore sniped them in the end with a Chris Davis single in the 13th to win 6-5. to five. Tough game. Um, how we got there, uh, Travis Shaw walked in the third inning. It was the first Red Sox run. Then Baltimore got four, uh, four runs in the bottom of the third inning. Uh, the big one was Stephen Pierce with a two-run homer. This was off Joe Kelly. This is where he fell apart after two good innings. He fell apart in the third. He was flexing out his arm. He couldn't get himself going. Just had nothing on anything. And he gave up four runs, came out of the game, and the Red Sox came back. Bogart's RBI single, Ortiz fly, and Sandoval RBI single went from 4-1 to one to 4-4. to four, And all of a sudden we had ourselves a game. Manny Machado with a home run in the bottom of the fifth to put Baltimore up 5-4. to four. That lead stood until the top of the eighth when Travis Shaw hit a solo home run to tie the game at five. And little did we know that would be the only scoring that would happen until the 13th inning when Chris Davis hit his walk-off single. Red Sox used an ungodly amount of pitchers in this game because Kelly only went two and a third and the game went 13 innings. Uh, Breslow pitched two and a third. Hembry pitched an inning and a third. Ramirez pitched an inning and a third. Lane had .1. Agondo had an inning and a third. Machi had one. Aro had two. And then Ross had zero because he gave up the hit after Aro had the base runners on. So how many pitchers is that in all? Nine? I think it was nine, yeah, that they used all together. Yeah, that's a lot of pitchers. That's September baseball for you. Yep, sure is. So... The Red Sox had a lot of trouble getting runs in that extra innings because the Baltimore bullpen was just as good. Uh, they had a number of pitches who gave up one hit each, but the Sox couldn't get enough going to put runs across the board. And then Davis sniped him in the end. Although Robbie Ross has been really good ri- lately, and he's assumed the closer's role, which I do want to talk about later in the show. But he gave up that hit. He really had no chance. They had first and third with no outs. Like, how... I don't think you can expect him to get three outs without giving up one of those runs. No, you couldn't expect that. Yeah, so tough game, tough loss, especially after getting shut out on Monday. So first two losses for that, and our uh, dreams of a sweep were far, far gone. Far, far, far gone. <laughs> but fortunately, on Wednesday, was very different than Monday and Tuesday. The Sox beat the Orioles 10-1. to and Henry Owens pitched a gem. Seven two thirds, six hits, no walks, four strikeouts, no runs, over 113 pitches for Owens. Pitched deep into the game, pitched really well, and, I mean, you can't get much better than that. He pitched well in the game before that against the Blue Jays, but this was he was really dominant in this game. Yeah, we definitely saw, like, really good Henry Owens, and I think it's what we expected from him coming to the Red Sox, coming up from... Pawtucket, so I'm excited. I hope that this is the Henry Owens because that was fun to watch, and it's I like when I see the young pitchers perform well. And he's been good. He really has been good. I've been impressed with him. For the most part, he's had a stinker or two, but he's really pitched well, and I think they got to take a long look at him. He got some help in this game. Uh, the Red Sox scored nine runs in the second through fourth innings. Actually, eight of those were in the third and fourth. This game was the Dustin Pedroia show. Um, the laser Ortiz, show. Yeah. After Ortiz hit one in the second inning to make it one nothing, that was his 501st home run. Uh, Pedroia had a two-run homer in the third to put the Sox up 4 nothing, And then after 
uh, Devin Marrero had an RBI single, and Brock Holt had an RBI single. Pedroia had another home run, a three-run job this time, to make it 9 nothing after four. And Alan Craig actually got an RBI double in the eighth inning to make it 10 nothing. The Sox won 10-1. to But let's just go back. Alan Craig put wood on a baseball. The baseball traveled out in the outfield and actually dropped. And somebody actually scored on it, and he actually stood at second base. This is a shock to me because I don't think I've seen him stand on a base in a really long time. Yeah, I was thinking that same thing when I saw that happen. I was like, what is he doing? That doesn't look right. I just sat there and stared at him. I'm like, wait a minute. Like, is he on? Alan Craig got a hit? <laughs> He's on base right now? What? He actually drove someone in? He did something right? It was amazing. It was great. Seriously, I couldn't believe it. I just stared at it. I was like, wow. It was a pinch hit, too, so it was his first at bat of the game. <laughs> but still, like, when, I mean, I saw him come in the pinch hit, I was like, ah, oh, here we go. And I was like, wow, here we go. <laughs> he's had 67 at bats this season. He's hit, hitting 134 with one home run and three RBI. So, like, we're not even kidding. This was, like, a huge shock that he actually got on base. It really was. <laughs> it was just same, like, standing on base. Wow, he really, Alan Craig is standing on a base right now. You know, it's funny, actually, as I'm looking up the stat, it's his first double of the season. Oh, my God. <laughs> so we actually hadn't seen him stand on second base on, on one hit. He's probably got a second base after getting on base, period, but not on his own hit. So He was probably just as shocked as everyone else. Yeah. He looks really uncomfortable all the time. He does. It like, makes me uncomfortable just looking he, at him. He needs to loosen up. Yeah, he really does. But I understand why he's uptight, because I would be, too, if I were as bad as him. Yeah. Yeah, me, too. Poor guy. Yeah, poor guy. So that was the game. Pedroia had two hits and five RBI, two home runs. Brock Holt had two hits and two RBI. David Ortiz had two hits and a home run. And Devin Marrero had three hits and two runs. So that was a great game for all. That's for sure. And it was like it was like a cathartic moment. It was like, you beat us two games in a row, we're going to destroy you in game three. So that was fun. It was great. It was fun to watch. I enjoyed that. Unfortunately, after the off day on Thursday... Sox came back on Friday and couldn't get a whole lot going against Marcus Stroman of the Toronto Blue Jays. The final was 6-1 to one on Friday. Uh, the Jays got out to the early lead. They were up 4 nothing before the Sox could get anything going. Rick Porcello started this game. He didn't pitch terrible, but he gave up runs early, and the defense didn't really help him out. Um... Justin Smoke hit a two-RBI double in the fourth, and Ryan Goins hit an RBI triple. That made it 4 nothing. The Sox tried to get back, but all they could muster was a Josh Rutledge RBI infield single uh, before the Sox gave up two more runs in the sixth to make it 6-1. to one. Uh, They got eight hits in the game, six off Stroman, but just wasn't enough to get any runs across. And the six runs for the Blue Jays was plenty off Porcello. Uh, small step back for him, six runs, five earned, over six innings, but this game was just kind of out of hand early. Yeah, when I saw the score after, I was like, oh boy, this game's getting out of hand pretty quick. Yeah, it was a good couple first two innings, and then it just kind of went downhill. Yep. Which brought us into Saturday, which was a lot more exciting game than Friday, that's for sure. Remarkably enough... With the final score being seven to six, the score was zero to zero after five innings, which is hard to believe. I know, especially with the Blue Jays lineup. I know, it was a good good game. Uh, Wade Miley started it. He went six and two thirds innings, three hits, two runs, five walks, seven Ks. Not so good, but he did good for a while. 
Uh, the scoring started in the sixth of the Xander Bogarts home run at sixth of the season to put the Sox up one nothing, and then Miley gave up a two-run homer to Edwin Encarnacion in the bottom of the sixth, two to one Blue Jays. Jackie Bradley Jr. tied it up in the seventh with an RBI double. Good thing because he had been playing like garbage, which is funny to say that he's been playing like garbage because all we were doing was going nuts over him for a month. But he was one for thirty, which can drop your average fifty points, which it did. So. That's unfortunate, but he tied the game, which was good news. It's good to see him do something. Unfortunately, the Jays got two runs in the bottom of the eighth inning on Edwin Encarnacion, RBI single, and Kevin Pillar, RBI single. It was 4-2 Blue Jays, and we went to the ninth inning where the Red Sox were 0-65, went trailing after eight innings, <sighs> and, 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 the Blue Jays were 73-0, and went tra- leading after eight innings. What a stat. So, obviously, the Red Sox were going to lose, right? Right. But, little did we know, the Sox would score five runs in the inning. Jackie Bradley Jr. had a two-run home run to tie the game at four. So, maybe safe to say that he broke out of his slump. David Ortiz, RBI single, 5-4. Bogart scored in a wild pitch, 6-4. Rusne Castillo, RBI single, 7-4. So, after losing every game up to September 19th, when trailing after eight innings, the Red Sox actually scored five runs in the ninth, took a lead, and almost blew it. <laughs> Robbie Ross Jr. came in in the ninth inning, gave up a two-run homer to Jose Bautista to make it 7-6. to six. But fortunately, the Red Sox prevailed and won 7-6 to six and broke their stupid streak of never, ever, ever winning when trailing after eight. And boy, was I happy because it was a long time coming. Yep, it sure was. And I did not know that they were – that all the stats you just read there, 73 and 0. And I, I, I mean, I had no idea. I just, wow. I'm just glad that we did it. Those are stats of the ages. I know. <laughs> the fact that both teams were perfect or imperfect <laughs> and each on each side of the, of the score tally and they managed to actually win. It's amazing. It was. And it's, I, I love when they win against really good teams. Especially dramatic wins like that. Yeah, five run ninth, and okay, whatever, sure. Almost blowing the lead, okay, whatever. We're still going to win. Like game that kept you on the edge of your seat. That was nice. Yeah, that's great. So that was a great win and brought us into today, which is Sunday. And Rich Hill got his second start, and he gave up three runs in the bottom of the second inning. DeAndre Navarro blasted a home run to left and Ben Revere, RBI single. But the Sox, over the next several innings, came back. Um, Bogart scored a Mark Burley error in the fourth, and Travis Shaw had a two RBI double uh, single in the fifth, and it was three to three. And then Rich Hill really, really settled in, and after giving up those runs in the second inning, uh, he didn't give up any more for the whole rest of the game. He managed to pitch seven innings total, only giving up those three runs, and he had ten more strikeouts. Second straight game, he's had ten strikeouts, and although he wasn't as effective in this game as the last game, he held the best offensive team in the league to three runs and managed to get a win out of it, which is incredible. And it's so, so nice to see from him, too. I know. It's like he's trying to trying to eke out a spot for next year. I know. On some team, whether it be the Red Sox or another team. Um, so after the Sox tied it at three, Jackie Bradley Jr. hit a sack fly in the eighth, and that would be it. 4-3 final, the Sox won and won the series. Two out of three against the Blue Jays again. Dustin Pedroia, two hits. Xander Bogars, two hits. Travis Shaw, three. 
and Robbie Ross got the save in the ninth, and Noe Ramirez pitched a clean eighth, just giving up one hit. So, yeah, second time in three weeks, the Sox have taken two out of three from the Jays, and this one was really impressive to me because they did it on the road where the Jays are really good. The Jays are a fantastic home team, and they still beat them two out of three. Yeah, and the the Blue Jays stadium is just completely sold out. They're so loud, and it's like they're already in their playoff atmosphere, so it's like, but I know like the home field advantage, you can make arguments both ways, but I really feel like the Blue Jays had a huge advantage going into this series, and when the Red Sox can come out on top, it's always good for us. And that's cool. People can say, like, oh, these games mean nothing, it doesn't mean anything, but if you're playing in a playoff-type environment like that, that's a good experience. Oh, absolutely. So that's definitely important in my opinion. So the Sox went 3-3 three and three on the week. Not quite as good as the 5-1 and one I was hoping for. <laughs> but, hey, they played well. And, I mean, really, just take away the two, the 2 nothing loss where they couldn't get any offense in the 6-1 to one loss. The 13 in the game could have gone either way, and the other three were solid wins. So, still, I think a good week overall. You can talk about 500, you can talk about 3-3, three and three, but I was impressed. Yeah, it was definitely a good week. Um, definitely a positive week, too. I just, I think any time, even if, like I said, a 500, but they played well. And you could see that, and I really feel like this team has really good chemistry, and it's something that they can carry into the next season. Exactly. So, instead of doing my one MVP of the week, I decided to do three Whoa. because there were a lot of solid players this week, and I didn't want to overlook anybody. So, my try MVP was Dustin Pedroia, Xander Bogarts, and Travis Shaw. Pedroia was eight for 19, two home runs, five RBI, and four runs in just four games. Real impressive week for Dustin. Uh, Bogarts was eight for 23, one home run, two RBI, and five runs. And Travis Shaw was 8 for 22 with one home run and four RBI. So all three guys had eight hits this week, which is pretty cool. That's very impressive, and especially for Dustin Pedroia coming off the hamstring injury and just making his return and really making it seem as if he was never even gone. He's right back in and he's not missing a beat. Shows you how good he is when healthy because when he came back too early from the injury, he was 1 for 22 and looked terrible, couldn't get anything going. This time came back and he's just come out guns ablazing, laser so laser show city and he looks like he's been playing all year long so he's clearly healthy because he's showing it now oh absolutely and i'm glad he came back and played i know i was kind of iffy about it but i'm glad to see him i really want to see him back on the field but i know i was kind of against him coming back but i'm glad now and the fact that he's doing this well just makes it that much better oh it really does so that's that's that all right so that was your week of red sox baseball three and three week and it's brought to you by tick iq this fantastic ticket website. Are you tired of spending a fortune on tickets and feeling like you're ripped off? Well, we have you covered at TickIQ.com for all your ticketing needs. TickIQ is a leading ticket aggregator providing fans a one-stop shop to browse the best deals from all ticket sites so you don't have to worry about finding the best seats for the game or concert. If you all go to concerts, I just go to games, so we'll, we'll just talk about the game part. I uh, get your tickets for the pa- the Patriots. <laughs> the Patriots. <laughs> Great team. My favorite team. Okay, they're called the Pats, so why wouldn't they be the Patriots? I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. So get your tickets for the Patriots, or the Patriots, all season long at TickIQ.com, where you'll find the best prices in the market. Use promo code CLNS for 5% off IQ certified. Uh, TNT ticket listings at TickIQ.com. T-I-Q-I-Q.com. I know it's confusing. 
we're trying to throw you off with all this L-Y-N-D-A and T-I-Q-I-Q and R-E-C-H-T. But hey, we're saying it, so you can understand it now. You can write it down, and you can take out your pencil, and if you use those anymore, maybe we're just uh, all about the computers these days, but... But uh, you got Reach with a T, you got T-I-Q-I-Q, you got L-Y-N-D-A, life's good. Casper spoke, like, there's no added letters, missing letters, or anything in Casper. Yeah, it's just C-A-S-P-E-R, so it's all about the mattresses. It is, but... Get your your Casper mattresses. Good night's sleep. Get your, get your, uh, get your Reached, get your Linda, get your Tick IQ. So there you go. Have a little fun with our promo. (laughs) (laughs) The Patriots. The Patriots. <laughs> I don't know how that came out. I just I had Patriots on the mind, and, and Patriots came out. How can you know? It was a great win today. Seriously, a nice uh, Patriots forty to thirty-two win over the Buffalo Bills. A lot of points, seventy-two points. It has to take about five weeks to get seventy-two runs in baseball. So yeah, that's impressive. So a lot of points. A lot of points. 72. A lot of points. A lot of penalties. Yep. Just ask Andrew Jones. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I love Andrew Jones. Count my, count my mess ups this week. Andrew Jones and Patriots. The Patriots. <laughs> but hey, it counts. It all counts because I corrected myself before anyone corrected me, so it's like it didn't even happen, right? Exactly. What happened? <laughs> Nothing. Okay. Make mistakes all day long as long as you fix it. Exactly. All right. So that was your recap. Those are your MLB headlines. So you're caught up on everything that's happened throughout the week. So now we can jump into things that haven't happened yet or have happened and could happen in the future. So Joe Kelly is probably the biggest just because he pitched so well. Well, okay, let's go back further. He pitched so bad <laughs> and then so good, and then he decided that his shoulder hurt. So where I stand with it is that I don't know what, I don't know how he – I'm not sure if, if he's even hurt because he came out. I mean, he's had he's had this kind of problem for a number of starts. I'm sure you've noticed, and we've probably talked about it on the show. It's been a lot of starts where he is like warming up and getting ready, and he's kind of flexing his arms and like pulling his shoulders back and circling his arm, and then he just pitches like there's no problem. And then that happened in this game, but then it kept happening and didn't get better. So like, is this just like a normal thing for him, or is it actually an injury? Because when he came out of the game. The trainer just sat there and looked at him, and didn't, he didn't do anything. So it was kind of weird because it's like almost like nothing happened. Yeah, it was very weird, and I feel like if he was, if there was something more than tightness, we would see it on his face, or he'd be clutching his shoulder or something. And he had eight amazing starts, and all of a sudden he throws fifty-three pitches, decides his shoulder hurts and they're going to bench him for the season. It's like something isn't adding up and I'm not and I I don't think he's it's more than just tightness. I don't think he's hurt. I don't think there's a legitimate injury there, but I I think there's something there that they're not telling us. And it's strange because when he did his interview after the game, he was just like, "Yeah, I'm fine. It's uh, my shoulder just tightened up and then didn't get better and I'm cool. Like no problems." Right. So if you're saying he's fine, like why are you shutting him down? He says he's fine. Yeah, like I don't get why they I don't get why they would just make that decision and just say, all right, you're done for the year. Why wouldn't they just say, like, he could pitch again, like, work through the, the tightness, and then maybe try another start in a week or so? Like, why? what's the point of just automatically saying, you're done, see you next year? Right. It seems very quick, and I don't know if 
they want to shut him down for the season because they want they don't want to risk further injury. But it it was really sudden. It was like shortly after the game. It was like, oh, now he's done. And it's weird because you would think they'd do that if they wanted to try some more guys out. But then everything I heard after them saying that he's done for the year is they're like, oh, maybe they'll try some bullpen guy for a couple innings and a start. Like they don't have a solution and another person to start and to figure out if they're going to be in the rotation next year or whatever. It's like this was the rotation and he was a part of it and now it's just like done. Yeah, it's it's very weird and I don't I don't think there's another word for it. I guess we're just gonna have to wait and see if anything comes of it in the next couple of weeks or in the off season, but it something's weird. Yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense. I'd get it if somebody was like itching to come up and like start and get a couple starts in, but that's not the case. So and Brian Johnson's just, hurt, so <laughs> Right. And everyone else who you want to see pitching is pitching. Exactly. So it just, it just doesn't make sense. <laughs> no, it's that six-man rotation they they wanted. Everyone's like, no, we don't want yeah. it either, so we're going to get hurt. Seriously. It's too bad because I want to see if he could like go off in the season with like, an 11 or 12-game winning streak to finish the season, oh. which would have been nuts. I know. But. It would have been great. And he was pitching so well. It's just so frustrating. I know, and then it's always that thing. It's like, oh, the guy's good, but can he stay healthy? Can he throw enough innings? It's like the Clay Buckles disease. It's like, do you... Do you go with this guy and see if he can throw 200 innings next year, or do you just say, we have better options, we can get rid of him? It's tough when you have an injury, because obviously if he wins all those starts and he's pitching so well like he was, you'd be like, well, you got to pitch him next year. He's totally earned it. But now this happened, it's like, oh, is this giving us an excuse to get rid of him, or should we still try him out? Right, it's very interesting. I just, I don't know. I don't I don't like that they, they did it, because I think he had, had at least one more start in him, regardless of his shoulder being tight or not. Like, tightness goes away with stretching and ice and rest. It, it's tightness. It's right. not a torn ligament. Yeah, it's not an actual, like, real injury. Right. So. He just probably didn't stretch enough. Maybe he never stretches enough because this seems to always happen. To I him, know. So. He to stretch better. So, Joe Kelly, off-season plan. Strengthen your shoulder. <laughs> yeah, more stretching. Stretch that thing out. So, that's your Joe Kelly news. <laughs> I'll move to another pitcher, Rich Hill, who we talked about briefly, but we're going to talk about more because me and, Jared, me and Jared talked about him last week, but he's pitching so well and just added on today. He's had 10 strikeouts in both of his games, and he is the first pitcher ever to record at least 10 strikeouts in each of his first two career starts with the Sox. So he's really he's really bringing it. He's, his curveball is fantastic. He's deceiving people with a slow fastball, and he, I mean, he's a redemption story. It was his first start in six years in the major leagues last week, and now he's pitched two well in a row, so do you want this guy in a Sox uniform, or is it just kind of false hope? I mean, I'd, I'd love to see him in a Sox uniform. I love his story, and I love that he's from, you know, Massachusetts, but at the same time, he's 35 years old, and we know how front office does. When he turns 30 or you're older, they don't like you anymore. And Which makes it a shock that he's even here in the first it place. It does, but I I like what I've seen. He looks very poised out there. I know he's a veteran, veteran presence out on the mound, so he knows what he's dealing with. But I, and I'd love to see him here for the Red Sox next season. I don't think that's going to happen just because of his age. And I think he's just here for a little extra oomph to, to the end of the season. And who else were they going to have to come in and pitch with their injuries going, their pitchers going down? So. Yeah, it's hard to picture him being in a rotation with all the possibilities, all the names that I rattled off earlier in the show. It's There's so many options of people to start, and that's not even considering trades. So I doubt that he's going to be here, but if he has another start, even if he doesn't, I mean, 
just the first two starts he's had here. I really hope he can jump on with some team and pitch for some team. And I mean, I guess even he could pitch in the bullpen, but to give him another chance to start to start a season would be really cool to see. Oh, definitely. I think he'll get another start here. I don't see why he wouldn't if he's pitching so well, and we don't really have anybody else. Yeah. But like, even if he does bad, it's like, is that that might not be enough to deter me away from seeing him pitch with a team next year. Like, I think just seeing how good his curveballs look and how many strikeouts he's picked up, I feel like there's going to be some team who's going to say, hey, come to our spring training and let's get you a spot in the team. Right. And I think it's just going to be another one of those things that I've been saying the past few weeks. We're going to see, wait and see in the off season. Like, it's going to be a really fun off season with all our options that we have here. And once again, like, people are saying, like, oh, so this doesn't matter. Like, it's it's September and the Red Sox aren't in the playoff chase and all that crap. That's all great, but he's facing the Blue Jays, who are in the playoffs, and he pitched really well against them. So I'm I'm tired of hearing people say stuff about how nothing anybody does matters because they're on a playoff chase, because they're playing teams that are, and they're playing good teams. And let's face it, Major League teams are Major League teams. They're good players no matter what their record is. So if you pitch well against them, then it should be noticed and it should be looked at, in my opinion. Oh, definitely. It shouldn't, shouldn't be overlooked at all. So and we'll see where he ends up. We'll see if he'll be with the Red Sox or where he'll end up. Who knows? But uh, he's been fun great. to watch. Yeah, great story no matter how you look at it. Even if he doesn't ever pitch play baseball again, it's still fun that he gets have these couple starts and show that he's still capable. Oh, definitely. That part's been fun for me. Mm-hmm. So. so good stuff on the Rich Hill front and a lot of pitching questions. Two of them we just went over in depth, so it's definitely interesting and fun to see what the heck they actually do this offseason. It'll be good. I'll move over to some offense here. We're just marveling here at Xander Bogart's season. He has 22 hits in his last 15 games, and ironically enough, he's also 22 hits away from getting 200 this season. This guy is 22 years old. He's already almost up to 200 hits in a season. He very well could get it. And he's just been a model of consistency. He's played almost every single day. He's gotten the power the last couple of weeks, up to six home runs after he was stuck at three for a while. So he's hit a couple of dingers, all kinds of hits, so many doubles, so many base hits. He's a hit machine, solid defense. This guy is the whole package. He's not even 23 yet. It's really amazing. He's been so fun to watch and just so fun to watch him grow with this team and just be the player that we've expected him to be that we want him to be and the fact that he has he's so close to 200 hits like whether or not he gets it this season it's still extremely impressive for what he's done I think he has the best average on the team and he's young he's very capable he's so athletic and if I I'd be so shocked and so mad if they trade this guy away because we, we haven't had a consistent shortstop in so long really since Nomar and we have, we finally have one in Xander Bogarts, and just all he's accomplished at age 22. There's no reason to get rid of him. I mean, you get you'd be able to get a ton for him, but why would you want to? Because everyone already loves him here. He's already he's already like <laughs> I was gonna say a Boston legend. We'll we'll soon for that, but <laughs> he has potential to be a Boston legend, and people just are so excited about what he's doing. And like we know, Jared has a huge man crush on him, so like. Everyone in this show is already already all over this guy, so I think they'd be really I think they I think they'd take as much heat if they traded Xander Bogarts as they would for uh, 
getting rid of Donner Solo. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> it would probably spark that kind of outrage just because of his potential. Yeah, so. definitely would. He's just that 321 average, 30 doubles, 178 hits, six homers, 73 RBI, uh, 72 runs, like, solid numbers. And even last year when he didn't have a good year. Um, with his average, because he only hit 240. He still had 12 homers and 46 RBI last year. Um, he's really... Oh, actually, the biggest thing when you're looking at his stats is the strikeouts, because he struck out all the time last year on sliders away in the three months of the season. He was terrible. He is 88 this year after hitting 138 last year. He's 50 less, and he has 16 more at-bats already than he had last year. So that's the biggest difference, I'd say, is that he's... He's laid off on that slider, and he's he's not striking out so much. No, and he's really learning, like, what pitches to take and what not to take. Like, he's only 22. He still has – I'm sure he still has some room. Of course, there's always room for improvement. And I just – I don't I – see, I see him getting better, and just the things he's already accomplished, it's – I don't I, – he's, and he's so young. I, I can't get over that he's only 22 and just – doing everything that he should be doing and, and more. Like, this is so much more than I ever expected from him. He's so cool, calm, and collected. He's totally in control of what he's doing. And my favorite part is just how hard he worked because he knew he had problems last year. He knew that he couldn't hit crap. His average was garbage. He wasn't doing what people wanted him to. And even though he was young, he still took it upon himself to work out all off season long, improve his fielding, and improve his hitting, and... He's just sparkled this year. So the fact that he worked that hard and had enough discipline and maturity to know what he needed to do already, and he's only 22, how good can this guy be? Like you could, you could be. He's already one of the best hitters, hit wise in the league and average wise. In three or four years, who's to stop him from hitting 365 with like 15 to 20 home runs and like 85 RBI and like 45, 50 doubles? Like the sky's the limit, isn't it? Hanley could learn a thing or two from him. <laughs> no kidding. Oh, it's amazing. I just this this guy is just my favorite part is that he was so hyped up and that he's living up to it because playing in Boston, first of all, is not easy. No, and <laughs> we all know that. Just ask Carl Crawford. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> he's always the first example I go to of someone who has no idea to play in Boston. Oh, but it's like the easiest example to go to. Yeah, because he was terrible and complained about it all the time. He's complained about it for years afterwards. He's still complaining about it. So that's the first thing. It's tough to play in Boston. We know that. And to have that much pressure on you at that age, at a really tough position, because shortstop's no easy walk in the park. Between all those things, with how well he's handled it, how how consistently he's played and the numbers he's put up, at this young man's age, it's, it's, it's so fun to watch because he's just... He just seems like he knows exactly what he's doing, and he's so young. Like I, we're both older than him, and he's already doing all this stuff. It's just mind-boggling. It really is, and it is a shortstop. Like, don't get rid of him. Whatever you do, like, and he's he covers so much ground, and it's like he's just he's so fun. And at his age, he can he, there's so much potential there for him to just be amazing and great and Red Sox legend. So seriously, <laughs> like, he keeps this up. If he plays here for like 20 years. <laughs> oh, God, yeah, I mean, he could. He's only 22. Yeah. David Ortiz is almost 40. He's still playing. Why wouldn't Bogart? Right, so let's, <laughs> let's get on this Bogart's train and let's knock it off. Seriously, it's so fun. He's just October 1st, 1992. Not even 23 yet. Wow. So amazing. 
yeah, I mean, he's just, it's fun. It's really fun. He's hes going to keep doing this, and I'll be thrilled to talk about him in three years, how he's the best player in the league. Yep, right on this podcast. Good. Yep. <laughs> 20, 27-year-old, 20, 29-year-old Lauren will be sitting here <laughs> like, there's ah, yes, Andrew Bogart's back in my day. No. <laughs> back in my day, when I was in my Wait, 20s, that'll, my early 20s. That'll be, that'll be 15 years from now. <laughs> Ugh, back in my day. Yeah. So... Bogarts is a man. It's it's fun, and I'm I get tired of hearing people be like, oh, this guy is going to be this this player of the future," and then it never, it doesn't happen. But it's actually happening for him, so it's fun. Which actually leads me into the next person, who we weren't even planning on talking about tonight, but me and Jared talked about him last week, so I just kind of wanted to get your take on him. Is the season that Mookie Betts is having? It's could be overshadowed by how well Bogarts has done, but Betts is also only 22 years old. He's a week younger than Bogarts. And for someone who jumps so quickly through the minor leagues, to be hitting 289 with 15 homers, 71 RBI, 36 doubles, 8 triples, 155 hits, 79 runs, he's had a really good year. And after his tough start where he's hitting like 230 for a little while, he's really put it together and had an unbelievable year. Yeah, it's been he's been fun to watch as well. And he- like you said, I definitely think his season is getting overshadowed, uh, overshadowed by Xander Bogarts and by a lot of the other the young guns. And even though he said he's only 22, I think people tend to forget about him because of everything else that's been going on in the season. But he's so fun to watch in the outfield. And just like Bogarts, he covers so much ground. And you never know what kind of catch he's going to come up with and what kind of play he's going to make. And it's it's been fun to watch him learn and grow, too. And I think he's starting to finally really figure himself out in Boston. Yeah, it's it's fun to watch. These guys are no question future players for this team and and uh I mean the sky's the limit for <laughs> for both of them just cuz they are so young. Um actually back to Bogarts for a second. I want you to tell the listeners what uh the stat that you came up with before the the show. Um uh, for about about his, about his 200 hits. Is t- that's 200 hits? What's... Oh, um... Oh, man, what, why am I drawing a blank? Oh, he has 22 hits in the last 15 games. Was that the one that I gave you? No, I mean the one where he's where he's so close to 200 hits and only the second time in the last three seasons that, that no AL players... Oh, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, that. Because it was Altuve, who had 225, and Michael Brantley, who had 200... Um, last year. So if Bogart doesn't get to 200, this will be the first time in their second time in three seasons that no American League player reaches 200 hits. So that's which is crazy. It's it's weird to think because when you have teams like the Blue Jays and even the Red Sox who have these big names in their lineups, like why is why aren't like people like Dustin Pedroia wasn't? I know he's been out, but why wasn't he getting 200 hits? Right. It's a crazy stat. It is. It's nuts. I read that. I was like, "Wow!" I just—I mean, it's—I know it's a lot of hits, but when you when you have Jose Bautista and Josh Donaldson, like, why why don't you have two hundred hits? And then you have a guy so young like Bogarts getting so close to that. You wonder like why why this hasn't happened more. <laughs> you know. I know. Recently, so maybe maybe it'll happen more next year. Yeah, maybe. And just going off of Bogarts, yeah. Since nineteen oh one, eighteen players have. Have got 200 hits at age 22 or younger, and some of the names that are here: Stan Musial, Al Kaline, Hank Aaron, Ty Cobb, 
Cal Ripken Jr., Joe DiMaggio, <laughs> A-Rod. Yeah, well. We'll knock that name off the list. <laughs> the rest of those names, that's a pretty incredible company to be in. So I really hope he gets 200 hits just so he can be in such incredible like stature. And everyone's going to notice him if he gets 200 hits. Like I, I know people are noticing how good he's doing this season, but if he gets 200, that's going to be much talked about. And that's so many bragging rights on his part, especially names like Ty Cobb and Joe DiMaggio. Like, you don't get into categories with those guys anymore. And just something like this, when at this age for 200 hits at 22, it's, that's really something to be proud of and just be like, just basking in it if, if he gets to it because of the names on that list. Right. Yeah. It's always fun to be in good company and he's in good company with those. Great company. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Great. company. <laughs> Hank Aaron. Second best. All right. I'm just going to, the best home run hitter of all time. Screw Barry Bonds. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, Hank Aaron over Barry Bonds any day. <laughs> Woo! 762, asterisk. All right. Uh, before we get to our preview, we'll just quickly, because we uh, have to, we're obligated to talk about Hanley Ramirez uh, at least one time. We briefly uh, kind of talked about him a little bit, but we'll do a little more. Um, what, I mean, is there any hope left for this guy? Because... No. <laughs> okay, I want you to give me a percentage. What's the percentage that he's going to be on this team next year? Um, three. Three? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give him, like, ten just to be nice. but Yeah, I'm going really low. Um, I just, I don't know. I don't see him. He doesn't, he doesn't fit here. He's not meant to be here, and I know he's excited to come back, and I don't should've, should've kept him gone like they did in two thousand six. Yeah. <laughs> just they they I don't know. People don't change and he, if you can't play the outfield, you're not playing first base. I just can't believe how fall how far he's fallen in such a short period of time. It's like he goes in this huge contract that everyone's excited and announcing his signing, or Hanley Ramirez is gonna be here for four years and eighty eight million dollars and blah blah blah, everything's great. And then you go from playing left field, being terrible in left field to falling all the way down to, can you play first base? I don't know if we want you to play first base. Uh, we're just going to hold you out the rest of the season so you can't play and then we're going to like, possibly trade you. Like what a, what a fall in such a really short period of time. And what's really like catching my eye about him still being on the DL is that the Red Sox are refusing. Like They're not like, oh, no, he's still injured. Like, they're like no, he's healthy, but we're refusing to, deactivate, uh, to activate him. Like, right. oh, okay, like, if that doesn't scream, like, we just gave up on one of our players. I don't know what does. Cause... Shoulder fatigue. Like, wow. Yeah. Fatigue. That's a big deal. Oof, <laughs> I feel fatigued. Oh, it's tired. I'm, I'm fatigued. I'm going to have shoulder fatigue next week. I'm not going to be able to do the show. <laughs> <laughs> done, done for the season. Precautionary reasons. <laughs> yeah. You know, just, just, just one time. We'll see how I am in a week. <laughs> Speaking of players with really high contracts, I just want to – as the season kind of winds to an end here, I just want to talk about how disappointed I am in Pablo Sandoval for having just a terrible year and really uninspiring in every way. I'm so disappointed in him. I know. It's such a – I don't I don't want to call his signing a bust. I mean, because he's made some really nice plays at third, and he can actually play his position. But it's like you have – you come from San Francisco and with the World Series titles and just really good history there, and everyone knows who you are, and you come here and – it's nothing what we expect, and it's it's frustrating because we we don't want them to be bad. We want to love these guys, but we can't. Right, you can't love a two forty seven average like that's terrible. No, I expect way more. Good. 
and he's gotten so overshadowed by the players who have actually done well, like Bogarts and Betts and Fedroy and Ortiz's 500 home runs and everything. It's it's so exciting, and he's just gotten totally overshadowed because he's just not reliable. He's not good. He doesn't. He really hasn't helped the team at all. No, and he's lucky that he's that the young ones are doing so well, and that David Ortiz has his 500 home runs over him, and Dustin Pedroia doing really well returning because if the team didn't have so much positive news around them, we'd all be getting up on Sandoval the way we do with Ramirez every week. Mm-hmm. But nope. Exactly. <laughs> and it's the other way he's gotten overshadowed by how bad Hanley's been, so people haven't been like, oh, he's terrible too, but I mean, sure, I'm sure some people have, but like we just kind of go like show after show where we kind of just don't talk about it because he doesn't do anything, but I think it should be talked about how poor he's done because he's 247, 10 home runs, 47 RBI. Like, come on. Like, no, those numbers should be way up, especially for someone who we expect so much from, and we, we don't expect him to sit here, be here and hit 35 home runs, 120 RBI, whatever, but we don't expect 247. We were talking about how his numbers were down last year, last year in which he hit 279 with 16 homers and 73 RBI. That's a whole heck of a lot better than he's doing right now. I, I would take that over what he's doing now <laughs> any day. Like, those numbers sound 30. great. <laughs> 32 points higher than his average, six more home runs, and 26 more RBI. And we were talking about that as a down year. Come on. No, this is a down, down year. <laughs> 42 runs. He had 68 last year. Come on. It's, just, it's not I'm, good. And for a guy who hit 330 with 25 homers and 90 RBI in his first full season in 2009, like pretty far fall, pretty fast. Yeah, and I, I hope maybe it's just – first year in Boston. I don't know what it is, but I hope, I hope he can turn it around because I like this guy. And he's like I said, he's made great plays at third and I don't, he's not a bad third baseman, but he needs to figure it out at the plate. Like just hit. People talk about his, like his, um, what? Wow. (laughs) (laughs) I just totally had a thought. I just totally lost it. Wow. It just, it ran away. Oh, sorry. I got it. His, his clubhouse, like help. Like, he's a good clubhouse guy, is what we heard coming in here, and I haven't really noticed that much at all. I haven't either, and then we had the whole, he likes pictures on Instagram during the game, but it's like, when you hear so much about somebody being good in the clubhouse, being good, being a good voice, and you don't see it, like, you see David Ortiz, you see the team, like, getting in little huddles with him, and him right there, and that's what you want to see from more than just one player, and if we're hearing that he does it, but we're seeing so differently, it's like, okay, so what's going on? Right. I know, it just makes no sense. I don't get what... He came here to hit, he came here to play defense, and he came here to be a clubhouse guy, and he really hasn't done any of it. So I'm thoroughly unimpressed, and I usually give guys a lot of the benefit of the doubt, and I'm not giving it to him yet. So he's on he's on my bad list at the moment, so he better get his way off that next year, or he's going to be in deep doo-doo. Deep doo-doo. <laughs> so people aren't excited about Paulo Sandoval, but they are excited about football. So going to give you some DraftKings information here. Um, football season's only just begun, but already feels like playoffs at DraftKings.com, even though it's only week two. DraftKings is America's favorite one-week fantasy football site where millionaires are being crowned all season long. Uh, you can do week by week, so you have no season-long commitments. Uh, you can play wherever, whenever, and with the players that you want. Uh, the million bucks up for grabs every week, so every game is a big game. Every play matters. Just ask anybody, really. I mean, every play matters in football because it's only once a week. Uh, you know, it's basically, 
it's a lot different than fantasy sports because it's different week to week. So hurrydraftkings.com, use promo code New England to play for free. Get your million dollars in this week's Millionaire Maker event. Enter New England for free entry dot, uh, now at DraftKings.com. Once again, that is DraftKings.com. Make sure you check it out. Pretty huge now nowadays. Sponsor many, many, many people. Big things. They're doing big things over there. They've figured out a way to get a big audience. A lot of people play it. So make sure you check it out. Promo code New England. DraftKings.com. So we got one thing left to do, and that is preview the week ahead. We got a full week, a full slate of seven games. It's exciting. It's a big week. Which hasn't happened in a while. It's been a lot of six-game weeks, so seven's a lot. Yeah, I think last last week was their last off day. Yeah, that's right. They have 17 games to finish the season. That's it. All right, here we go. So this is your first seven. They're all at home. So we start with four versus the Rays. I've got the Sox winning three out of four from the Rays, which will put them securely ahead of the Rays in the standings because as of right now on this show, the Sox are a half game behind the Rays and a game and a half behind the Orioles. So big-time stuff to uh, get back into the fourth or third place. So I got three out of four from the Rays. What do you got? I'm doing a split with the Rays this week. Um I really want to pick three out of four, but I feel when, with the four-game set, we see a lot of splits. And with the Rays, you never know with them. So I'm going, playing it safe, doing a split, and I'm going to hope it's those two games that we're going to be at this week. So Yeah, <laughs> I'm going, I'm, you're going tomorrow, I'm going Wednesday. So Woo! So yeah, if you're, <laughs> if you're going for two out of four, Monday and Wednesday, let those be the days. Exactly. Then we got three with the Orioles, who just took two out of three from the Sox, so I will not say a sweep this time because I learned my lesson. But since they are home games, going two out of three from the O's, a nice five and two week. What do you got? Uh, two out of three from them as well for a four and three week. Um, you never know how they're going to play against the Orioles. There's, you think they're going to do really well, and they get swept. And it's very hit or miss with them, but they're at home, and they've been playing really well, so... I'm going two out of three. I'm going nice little four and three week and get back third or fourth place and Jared can take us to the playoffs. Yep. Yep. It's happening. Yep. <laughs> We're on our we way. We have that on air. We have it. We are. It's in my article on the website. So you can't get yep, out of this one, Jared. Well. Unfortunately, the Sox are still seven games out of the wild card spot. I haven't really gained much ground since my uh, bold prediction, the but you never know. You never know what could happen. Bold prediction, very bold. <laughs> you know the the uh, Rangers are on fire now, so they've overtaken the Astros in their division. So now it's the Astros that the Red Sox are chasing. So if they keep struggling, they're three and ten, three and seven in their last ten. So the Sox can keep winning these Rays, the Orioles games, and the Astros keep losing. You never know. You never know. It's going to be anything can happen. It's September. I'm going to say you never know until it's mathematically not possible. So You've been saying it all year. Get ready for it. 71 and 77 is what the Sox are at right now, believe it or not. That's... Six games over 500, which is very close. Yep, very. It's, and I would never expect that from two months ago. I never expect the 71 wins from this team. No, they have a, actually have like somewhat of a legitimate chance to go over 500, or at least 500. I'd settle for one game over 500 if they ended the season like that. Yep. If they wanted to go one game over 500, they got to go um, 
that would be an 82 and 80 record. Okay. Which would mean that they have to go 11 and 3. It's possible. If they just yeah. if they lose the three games this week, like I predicted, that's all they can lose. Right. So hopefully you're wrong. Let's hope. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's pretty crazy how far they've gotten. They've already passed up Bobby Valentine year with two more wins than that year, and they've tied last year's win total. So they have to go 0 and 14 to go the same as last year. So you hope that that wouldn't happen. They go 0 14. I'm gonna go cry in a corner for a while. <laughs> Don't cry. Yeah, I would. That would be depressing. Oh, Lord. <laughs> so, yeah. Saucer so engine back, 600-500, only a minus 15 run differential. So if they could get over 500, you get a positive run differential. I'd say season success after what garbage we saw for the first several months. Oh, definitely. If, even if they finish one game under 500, it's just what – if you just look at the turnaround, you you got to be happy. Absolutely. No question about it. All right. Well, that will do it for us here. CLNS Radio, make sure you check out Red Sox Beat on all our social media. We're getting a lot of stuff on Reddit recently, so check out reddit.com. Check us out on Facebook, and once we get a Twitter, check us out on Twitter. A little, uh, little weird thing happened with that where our Twitter got erased, so when we get a new Twitter, we'll make sure to uh, promote that. Check us out on iTunes and Stitcher. Rate, review, subscribe. All the good stuff here supporting our show, so Thanks for listening, and we had fun with the two of us, Lauren Campbell, Jess Thomas with you. You can find Lauren at la 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 Lauren. <laughs> Did I get it right? Um, three laws oh, before Lauren, and then four R's in Lauren. Okay. Four and in Lauren. Don't forget it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you can find me at CLNS underscore Jess saying, a little bit easier, but Lauren's not going to change her Twitter handle, because why would she? Why would? It's been my thing since I was like 16. Yeah, so better believe it. So that'll do it for us here on Red Sox Beat, and we'll hope for another uh, 7-0 week, even though we didn't predict it. So we'll uh, see you next week, and have a great week of Red Sox baseball. Goodbye.